Hello again, deja vu. Now we get to have God's word before us. I'm going to open with reading several verses, several or at least parts of verses. And just remember, as I read these, just as a reminder, this is how God speaks to us through his word. Through his revealed word is his means of speaking to us. So uh, I don't have them on the screen. Allow this chorus of verses to just wash over you as it does for me. Certainly keeping in mind, uh, you'll keep the title. I'm sure you'll, you'll see where I'm going here. I'll try to list some references as I go, so you, at least you know uh, where I'm getting these from. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. It goes on, of course, but... First Chronicles 16, 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 30. Verse 4, sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. Psalm 50, 14, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Perform your vows to the Most High. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. Psalm 7, 17, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. Psalm 106, verse 1. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 95, 2 and 3. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Now here's a few from the New Testament, just to not leave it out, right? Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it, with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Timothy 2.1, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. And finally, 2 Corinthians 4, 15. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Now, these are all just select portions, and spoiler alert, we're going to see more moving forward here. But you'll see where I've kind of got this title here. Thankfulness uh, and the call towards thankfulness as Christians, namely, as we'll see, a, a Christ-centered, a gospel-centric vision of thankfulness is all over in God's Word, just all over, and, and like nestled in all these lists of practical instruction that I think, at least on the, on the surface, I like, I'm familiar with, I remember them, but I, I, haven't, I don't always connect the dots to thankfulness in the midst of them, which I hope we'll see a little bit. Now, the idea of thankfulness, gratitude in general, that, that is certainly not unique to the Christian vernacular, right? The secular world is, uh, ha has a concept here, certainly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even talking about um, being thankful to each other. I mean, that's, of course, we're used to that. Any, every human sees that. But I'm talking that the secular world even has some remnant of a general thankfulness. If you, if you hear it from maybe famous people when they're being interviewed, but even just in conversation, if you're kind of giving a recap of where you are in life, you'll hear people say broad, general terms, like, I'm, I'm just fortunate to be here. 
or I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful that this happened this way. And, and, you know, maybe they'll even name drop God in some way, even though you can kind of tell that that's not, that's not what they're talking about really. But, right, some, some sort of vague reference to a higher power, maybe. So, as we move forward here, for us today, I want us to, to be sure to see, and I believe we will, that it is a Christ-centered, it is a thankfulness in and through the work of what Jesus has done for us, thankfulness to God. It is not this kind of vague emptiness here. So, with that, then, the title that I've given is Christ-Centered Thankfulness. I'm not aiming for something that's just tacked on to another list of, of, of instruction. And that's what stood out to me most in this study, was seeing how, how uh, in and through, interwoven thankfulness is to uh, much common instructions. I hope we see that. Um, to kind of get around it in a different angle, I'm, I'm looking at what I think Scripture gives us as active thankfulness, or for the Christian, an active thanksgiving, as opposed to Again, that, that unthinking kind of passive appreciation, maybe, that we see elsewhere. As Christians, we're called to an active thanksgiving that is, that is actively centered on Jesus. Again, as I hope to see in this text, in Colossians 3. You can turn there if you haven't already, in Colossians 3 and some other supplemental scriptures. Because at least for me, in this study, I, I was struck by how often I see thankfulness surface in instruction. I, I've, I've been aware, I mean, that there's a reason why I listed and read all those verses for us, and I've kind of been aware that I see it everywhere, especially in the Psalms, right? I, I was generally aware of it, and that should have been enough to, to maybe catch my eye or interest, but, but indeed it wasn't. It took this deeper study to see it for myself, so I hope we can see it together. Um, as we go into Colossians 3, go ahead and turn there. Colossians 3, 15 through 17. That's going to be our, our anchor text this morning. Although, again, as I've already started, we're going to be enjoying a bounty of a feast of God's word this morning. I'm going to be going all over the place. But, but this is our anchor text, our, our grounding line. Um, as you turn there, and thinking of Colossians in general, Colossians 3, we're picking up really right where uh, uh, this instruction is given to Christians by the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul is giving it to, to this church here. And he's given them very practical instruction of what it means to live the Christian life. Uh, you're familiar with uh, the beginning of the chapter that you may be looking at your headings there, the concept of putting on the new self. That's that very common and familiar refrain that Christians are to be, to be putting off the old man, as it were, and putting on the attributes of Christ. That's, that's here in Colossians. And right in the midst of it here, we see our text, uh, when we see thankfulness drawn out. Um, I'm going to start at verse 12, Colossians 3, verse 12. Uh, through 17 to get the broader picture, but 15 through 17 is going to be our, our focal point here. Read with me here. It says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against each other, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So already, I've kind of primed us, primed our hearts to see it here, but we see thankfulness it jumps off the page now that, we've, that have kind of leaned us that way ahead of time. 
So as we walk through this text, and again, some, some, uh, some extras, some supplemental scriptures certainly as well, I believe we're going to see three uh, ways that this Christ-centered thankfulness uh, uh, affects us. It should be affecting our lives. So number one, Christ-centered thankfulness aligns our heart. A true Christ-centered thankfulness, I believe we'll see here, aligns our heart. Um, I, I cannot see the word align or alignment without immediately thinking of the automotive upkeep <laughs> routine where you have to get your wheels aligned. I, I don't know why. That's just what always comes to my mind first. But it's also a helpful uh, example of that, il- illustration, if you will. This idea that, that it, you, um, I had this done recently, and it was really, in my case, it was something where I had not realized how bad it was getting until I got my wheels aligned on my vehicle. I was like, oh, man, my hand's not supposed to shake like that when I'm driving down the, down the interstate. But... Um, and in a similar way, I think thankfulness interwoven in the rest of, of instruction. That's one note I want to make. As I see these things and draw out thankfulness in speci- uh, specifically, um, let's not lose sight uh, that it's within the rest of broad instruction as well. I, I don't want to neglect it, but I, I do want us to focus on it. But a Christ-centered thankfulness, a heart that is seeing things this way, is aligned then so that everything else I do is colored by a heart that is thankful for what God has done. Notice we see it here in our text. Look, look back over Colossians 3 here, uh, 15 through 17. Everything is like touched by, by this concept of Christ-centered thankfulness. The studying of, of God's word, right? There in verse 16, that in the word of Christ dwell in us richly. The studying of God's word is affected. The teaching and admonishing is affected. By, by thankfulness in the midst of it, there in verse 16 as well. Singing together, of course, is deeply affected, I would say, by a, a common, common thankfulness that is centered on Jesus. All done, as you see there in verse, uh, at, the, at the end, verse 17, everything is done in the name of Jesus with thankfulness in our hearts, giving thanks to God through him. I think... As I'm trying to define and understand this more through this text, um, a thankfulness that is Christ-centered is a, and to my mind, I was coming with the idea of a state of mind, but more of maybe a state of heart, a posture of the heart that is submissive and humble, recognizing uh, who we are in light of who Christ is and what God has done on our behalf. So there's this a, a, a humble awareness, I think, a humble awareness that uh, God is the author of all the good in my life, and he's also sovereign and in control in the bad things in my life. At all times, I am, I am recognizing, and it is really just a, a, a submissiveness, a thankfulness to who God is. I also think it's a heart, I believe, that recognizes our dependency on God. So, so a humble posture of heart, a a dependent heart, I think also connects to this idea of a Christ-centered thankfulness. I think unless you are quite young, all of us in the room have had experiences that remind us often that we are not the ones in control ultimately. And if you have not had that experience yet, as the saying goes, bless your heart. Now, <laughs> you, you, will, you will soon if you haven't yet had that, that uh, been made clear. But thankfulness flows from a heart that reflects on what Jesus Christ has saved us from. It, it actively uh, affects how we view everything around us. It changes how we view things. Uh, a while back, this is, well, quite a few Christmases back now, but for, for the, most of you know, I, I travel during Christmas time. I go home. 
uh, to Wisconsin usually. And then from there, with the rest of my family, I've got two siblings, we all uh, go as a family to Iowa to see extended family. That, that's usually how it goes. So usually our Christmas is, is traveling, you know, to see family. And it was one of, these, one of these times, indeed, where we'd all piled in the car, you know, like the old days, all the kids in the, in the same van with the parents. And we're going, we're a couple hours out, and it's, it's, it's snowy and cold, of course. And uh, we have car trouble. It was not the wheel alignment, but it was, uh, it was car trouble such that, that it, the, the, the trip was completely derailed. We had to, uh, we, we were pulled over out of the middle of nowhere, and then we got towed over to a, a small area that had a Denny's, right? A 24-hour Denny's restaurant. I don't know if that's, I don't see them as much around here. But anyway, there's a Denny's. And so we spent, it was Christmas Day, we spent a couple hours there in Denny's on Christmas Day. It was uh, lovely. <laughs> but... I tell you what, after that whole escapade was over, and in fact, we ended up derailing the whole trip. We had to, we had to go home after a real long, long day out there at good old Denny's. Um, but we finally get home, and the whole experience, I, I was just overjoyed to be home with family that Christmas evening, right? Just, just, it, it, in other words, I was thankful for that situation and the, the negative, knowing what I had been saved from, right? We could have had an accident, could have been out in the cold, miserable, but then to be finally home as a family, that was that was. That whole experience was colored by the negative experience, knowing what I'd come out of. That's that idea. A heart that is, you know, infused with this Christ-centered thankfulness, it's going to affect how we view everything around us. So let's, let's keep going. And of course, that asks the question, what then are we thankful for? We don't want to be falling into the, the vague, general, secular idea of, oh, I'm just thankful to be here, right? We, we, as the Christian, our thankfulness is directed somewhere. In fact, that's kind of by definition, to be thankful is to be recognizing someone or something. In your Bibles, go ahead and flip over uh, back a couple pages to Ephesians. Ephesians 2. And rather than my words alone, I figured let's just read God's words and be reminded what we've been saved from, what we ought to be thankful for at all times. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, I'll let everybody get there because I'm going to try to read uh, through verse 10 and really just follow along, soak in these words with me. Again, answering the question, what then are we to be thankful for? Where is our thankfulness pointed? It says in Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1, You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And raised us up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen, we shut the Bibles, go home. There we go. That was a sermon in itself. Amen. Those of you who have uh, uh, engaged with Rodney Ring uh, on a regular basis know that if you ask him how he's doing, his common reply is better than I deserve. 
all the time. Just better than I deserve, and then maybe followed up by, I'm blessed, God is good, right? That kind of mindset. Um, That stands out to me every time. It impacts me. I think that's how we ought to think, and that's the same idea. A, a, A constant, as best we can, awareness of what we have been saved from, that in all cases, we are doing better than we deserve in light of the atonement, the redemption of Christ, authored by our great God. So, Again, I believe, first of all, we see Christ-centered thankfulness aligns our heart, number one. Uh, Secondly, a Christ-centered thankfulness for the Christian combats our sin or fights our sin, you know, whatever word you prefer there. If we flip back to our Colossians text, Colossians, again, 3 and 16, notice here, let the word of Christ dwell in your richness and admonishing one another in all wisdom and then ultimately resulting in thankfulness in our hearts to God, if you see the end there. But that admonishing in our text, I mean, that, that's corrective. That's a corrective instruction. To admonish is something where there is sin present or something that needs to be corrected, something needs to be admonished, and that's connected here even to thankfulness. Yes, nestled in the, the list of instruction as well, but I don't want us to lose sight of it here. Gratitude for the Christian that is centered on salvation, the work of Christ in our lives, is a powerful protection or a a fighting agent against the sin in our lives. Getting at the root of these things, I I think much of of the areas that I'm going to struggle with sin or or, or falling short can be grounded or, or there's a root cause there of me not being or at least not recognizing God for who he is. And that is certainly tied to not being thankful for what he's done for me, an awareness of that. And that's not just a logical assumption, that's a scriptural assumption as well. Scriptural assumption, oof. Romans one twenty one. Romans is extremely theological and doctrinal, where, where the Apostle Paul, by the Spirit, is laying out the, the fund, foundations of the faith. And in it, he describes really what what the, what the root problem is for humanity, and the way he describes it at one point in Romans one twenty one, you can turn there if you like, but Romans one twenty one, notice this on the big picture scale. It says, regarding humanity, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. And then goes on. They became futile in their thinking, their foolish hearts were darkened, and the rest of that text goes on to describe in detail the, the, the fall, the 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 lack of knowing God from humanity itself. But notice that root, that root description. They knew God, but they, it's a failure to honor him as God and a failure to give thanks to him as the God of the nations. That, that's a root to much evil and, and, and uh, rebellion. Now, on the flip side, then, a Christ-centered thankfulness. If my heart is, is enamored with who Jesus is and what he has done for me, recognizing what I've been saved from... Uh, that mentality, this understanding in our hearts, that can't exist in the same space as like a selfish pride uh, rejection of God. It, not, it's not gonna, one's going to boot out the other, <laughs> right? So if I'm living this way, my heart feels this way truly, in those moments, I should be having victory. Praise be to God. And so that's the, what we are aiming for. Uh, another word kind of picture that helps me in my, in my mind is the idea of being, being too full to indulge too full to eat more, that, that kind of idea. I'm probably too familiar with that concept as a whole. But if you think about, uh, well, it is January, so probably much of us are th- many of us are thinking about dieting and different things. But 
a, most successful approaches to dieting are rooted in trying to find the healthy foods that will fill you up so that you're not always hungry and craving the not-so-healthy foods, right? That idea, if my heart is filled to the brim with contentment and a thankfulness for who Christ is, that's going to help me. I'm not going to be so quick to want to run to something else. I'm not going to be so quick to try to run and be satisfied elsewhere. So again, that's where we're getting it in our text there in Colossians 3, verse 16, the admonishing and the teaching, this kind of corrective nature that, that thankfulness is certainly connected to. I've got a few other verses as well to this end. Colossians 4.2 is just a general instruction. It says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Again, I'm, I'm familiar with the idea of continuing steadfastly in prayer, but, but I don't always catch that last part. That a part of being watchful and, and, a, and a preventative measure is to include thanksgiving in my heart. Again, centered on who Christ is. I believe I read this one at the beginning, but Philippians 4, 6-7, such a very familiar passage to call us not to be anxious, all these things, right? Do not be anxious about anything and everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what's the result of, of, of making my requests known with thanksgiving? Verse 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see that there? So that there, is a, there is even a preventative. There, it, it helps me fight sin in the moment, and it helps me be guarded against sin to come, or temptations perhaps to come, we could call it there. So if I'm moved in gratefulness, in thanksgiving, and thank all those kind of synonyms here, if I'm moved to the wonders of the gospel and what Christ has done on my behalf, it's going to help me fight sin now and sin to come. Number three this morning, Christ-centered thankfulness kindles our faith. It aligns our heart, it combats our sin, and I believe we see here and in others that it kindles our faith, it, or it ignites, it, it, it energizes us. All, all those kind of ideas can come in and coalesce into one when it comes to our healthy faith. So look back to Colossians, again, our, our, our anchor text, Colossians 3, I know I'm going all over the place, but Colossians 3 Noticed the Christ references here. The Christ, this is where I get that Christ centered in the title, and it's essential. Otherwise, we're just falling short with a general thankfulness. Starting at 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, with thankfulness. In your hearts to God. And finally, 17, of course, the, the, the catch-all. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That very last sentence, the, the giving of thanks itself is to be, yes, the God, to God, yet through Christ. It is just centered on who Jesus is and what he's done. So already we see for the Christian a general state of gratitude or a nice attitude, that's not the goal. It doesn't stop there. And again, as I reflect, I, I think so often that's where it stops for me. Yeah, the, the aim is that I see Jesus and be centered on who he is in my heart. Hebrews 12, 2 calls us to live in this kind of continual awareness of God, yes, but also of the redemption that we have in God through Christ. So Hebrews 12, 2 directs us, looking to Jesus, 
the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God, the right hand of the throne of God, excuse me, that's Hebrews 12, 2. Again, that, that opening line, looking to Jesus. 2 Peter 1, through through 4, the glorious promise directs us to Christ again. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. See, that what can fuel right our righteous kind of thinking in our hearts, hearts that are grateful to who God is and what he's done through Christ, is one that recognizes what we have escaped, what God has done on our behalf. We have escaped the corruption because of his action for us. I just, perhaps it was just me. I, I think with all this instruction that I'm so, I mean, familiar maybe is the wrong word, but I hear often, I don't tend to catch this heart that is thankful. It is grateful in all things for my situation according to what God has done. There are some kind of additional aspects of a, of a faith that has been kindled thanks to, or in light of a thankfulness to who Christ is. I, didn't, I couldn't really find a good way to list them within, my, within kind of the breakdown of the text, but so I'll have them here. Uh, additional aspects of a kindled faith. Um, it protects our relationships with others as Christians. That's a a, a separate thing. Ephesians 5 verse 4, Ephesians 5 verse 4 says, let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So the replacement, you know, to fix how I'm interacting with each other, the, those kind of jokes and, and, and talking and, and crude joking, that, that, that has to do with how I interact with others. My relationships are protected if there's this common understanding of a thankfulness of who Christ is and what we are in him. Now, it's interesting, in Ephesians 5, 19 through 20, you can flip there if you like, uh, just to kind of glance at that, that and I, because it's close by, certainly, but Ephesians 5, 19 through 20, in fact, 18 through 20 might be where we can start. Let me, let me flip over there. Ephesians 5. It's interesting. So, in the midst of this flow of instruction, the Apostle Paul, by the Spirit, is giving us a, 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 a glimpse of what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. So when I think filled with the Spirit, I, I might, my thought is, okay, he's going to describe miraculous healings and gifts. He's going to describe uh, a really passionate uh, something, I don't know, a, a really exciting filled with the Spirit moment. But notice what he says here, uh, starting at 18, the comparison he opens in verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So then he describes it in 19 and onward. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of your Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's a very similar text to ours. So it turns out this was common instruction for Christians, certainly by God's will. Yet, that one's significant because the, de the description that Paul goes to by the Spirit, when he's saying, here's what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit, is not all those other crazy things. It's a heart that is thankful to God through Christ for what he's done. That's an additional aspect of a kindled faith. To be filled with the Spirit is summarized with thankfulness. In fact, if we're thinking about summaries, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, when it's really uh, summarizing what it looks like to live in the will of God as a whole. So we've seen what it looks like to be 
filled with the Spirit, it involves thankfulness, but what it looks like to just be in God's will as a whole is summarized in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's sounding pretty repetitive already. This is God's word over and over again using the same language, thankfulness in Christ for you. It's, it's common words. This is the word of God for us. Additionally, thankfulness is closely related to trust and faith in Scripture. Other areas that are maybe big, big, uh, big ticket words for us, trust and faith. But thankfulness is also related. In Psalm 9, 1 and 2, and certainly a lot of the Psalms are right at the beginning, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. So, giving thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, that's faith coming from my heart, recounting your wonderful deeds, being aware of what he's done, that's me expressing faithfulness, and it's coming and stemming from a heart that is thankful in Christ. And then we looked at this a little bit when it comes to protection against sin. But really... Thankfulness is not just grounded in the past. It certainly is. We are thankful for what God has done for us, how he has redeemed us. But in light of eternity, we can be thankful looking to the future as well. So Philippians 4.19 kind of gives us a glimpse of how we can pray and be confident and kind of thankful looking to the future. It says, My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That, that he will do it. He can look forward and be almost thankful ahead of time. I think we can be thankful ahead of time as Christians for how God will care for us and take care of our needs. Let's go back to Colossians here this morning. This is not a complex sermon, not a complex topic, perhaps, but it was certainly eye-opening for me. It helps me see and be reminded that I ought to be having a, a, a stature of my heart that is dependent and a posture of heart that, that submits to who God is and thankful for what he's done. Back to Colossians 3. Let's read that, our, our text once again, in light of what we've seen. Fifteen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Verse 17, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God. We're going to sing a final song now, and so I'm going to go ahead and ask the music team to come on up and get ready for that. By way of review, again, we've seen Christ-centered thankfulness aligns our heart. Again, this is an active thankfulness, not a passive appreciation. It combats our sin. Again, I'm going to take sin more seriously when I recognize what I have been saved from more seriously. When I have a heart that recognizes my salvation. And finally, I think Christ-centered thankfulness kindles our faith. It's going to spur us on. I'm going to be stirred to a greater understanding of Jesus the more I reflect on his wondrous deeds on my behalf, on our behalf, as Christians together. So go ahead and stand. Let's, let's sing now. And, and uh, again, as, as always, encourage you to use the, the front if you want, but definitely use this time, this final song, to 